Holy God, you call us to righteousness and light. As we study your word, teach us so that we may love your children even as you do and love you with all our will and all our strength and find our freedom in serving you as taught to us in word and in deed by Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Old Testament reading is from the prophet Isaiah, the 56th chapter. The Lord says, Act justly and do what is righteous because my salvation is coming soon and my righteousness will be revealed. Happy, happy is the one who does this, the person who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath, not making it impure and avoids doing any evil. Don't let the immigrant who has joined with the Lord say, the Lord will exclude me from the people. And don't let the eunuch say, I'm just a dry tree. The Lord says to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbath, choose what I desire and remain loyal to my covenant. In my temple and courts, I will give them a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give to them an enduring name that will not be removed. The immigrants who have joined with me, serving me and loving my name, becoming my servants, everyone who keeps the Sabbath without making it impure, and those who hold fast to my covenant, I will bring them to my holy mountain and bring them joy in my house of prayer. I will accept them their entirely burned offerings and sacrifices on my altar. My house will be known as a house of prayer for all peoples, says the Lord God who gathers Israel's outcast. I will gather still others to those I have already gathered. Our gospel reading is from the 15th chapter of Matthew, starting at the 21st verse. From there, Jesus went to the regions of Tyre and Sidon, a Canaanite woman from those territories came out and shouted, Show me mercy, son of David. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. But he didn't respond to her at all. His disciples came in urgent, Send her away. She keeps shouting after us. Jesus replied, I've, I have been sent only to the lost sheep the people of Israel. But she knelt before him and said, Lord, help me. He replied, It is not good to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall off their master's table. Jesus answered, Woman, you have great faith. It will be just as you wish. And right then, her daughter was healed. This is the word of the Lord. Oh Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Matthew's gospel tells us three times when Jesus encounters Gentiles, folks who were not Jewish. The first was when the Magi, remember we call them the wise men from the east, 
follow that star to Bethlehem to worship the newborn king. The second time was the Roman centurion that you can read about in the eighth chapter of Matthew. This Roman soldier was pleading for his servant. The servant's paralyzed and in great pain. Jesus even offered to go with him to the servant, but the soldier said he was not worthy to have Jesus in his house, under his roof. So Jesus told him, even in Israel, I have not found faith like this, and the servant was healed. And in today's reading from the 15th chapter of Matthew, we have the third encounter with a Gentile. She does not come with presents like the wise men. She does not come to worship like the wise men did. She does not come with quiet, humble respect like the Roman centurion who, who said, Lord, I don't deserve to have you come under my roof. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. No, she came with shouting, Show me mercy, son of David. My daughter's suffering terribly from demon possession. And then Jesus calmly said, Be calm, do not fear. I have heard your plea. Go home and you will find your daughter has been healed. Well, that's what we would expect. That's what we would predict from soft and gentle, mild Jesus, right? But that's not what the Bible says. It says Jesus did not respond to her at all. Say what? How come? Why? Well, for one thing, she was from Canaan. You won't find Canaan on a modern map, but if you did, it would be partially in Israel and partially in Lebanon. That word Canaanite is used 80 times in the Old Testament, but only once right here in the New Testament. Canaanites had been enemies of the Jews. Back in the third chapter of Exodus, we're told about how the promised land, that good broad land, a land full of milk and honey, the place where the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites all live. They were in that crowd. They had to be run off for the people of Israel to take over. Well, another problem was she was a woman. In those days, proper Jewish men did not speak to Canaanites and they did not speak to women even a woman who addressed him in a properly Jewish way like she did calling him son of David still he did not respond to her at all nevertheless she persisted the proclamation of the gospel to all will come later like in the 24th chapter of Matthew where we read this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the world as a testimony to all nations. We also know that the good news of the gospel is for everyone from that great commission we get in the 28th chapter of Matthew where Jesus tells the disciples and us to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But right here in Matthew 15 with the Canaanite woman, he didn't respond to her at all. Nevertheless, she persisted. The disciples urged Jesus to get rid of this annoying woman. They say, 
send her away. She keeps shouting after us. And Jesus said, I've only been sent to the lost sheep, people of Israel. Nevertheless, she persisted. This desperate woman will not go away. She gets down on her knees before Jesus and begs for her daughter. Lord, help me. You know that what she was pleading for is that my daughter's possessed by a demon. Nowadays, we would say she has a mental illness that's just destroying her. That's what they call mental illness. So she gets on her knees and says, Lord, help me. And Jesus replies with a stunning sentence. It's not good to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. I have read and read and read, and I haven't found a way to understand that dog phrase yet. Now, some try to soften it and say, well, it didn't really mean dogs. It was a Greek term that also be translated doggies. And everyone loves puppies, right? I have to tell you, we walk down the road, and if Sarah sees the mangiest old dog walking along, she says, oh, a puppy, because <laughs> she loves them all. <laughs> and any of you who've had dogs and cherished dogs, you know that feeling. But that's not, that's, there's no real evidence for that. Others say that Jesus was just putting things his term, in terms as disciples would expect, but I don't really buy that either, do you? And still others say that dogs, dogs was an epithet that the Jews used for Gentiles. But there's no evidence for that either. It's all speculation. Some say, well, maybe he was testing her faith. I want to make sure you really want not cheap grace. Well, maybe. What we, all we know is this Canaanite woman hurt herself compared to a dog. Nevertheless, she persisted. She said, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall off the master's table. And then as with that Roman centurion who had been pleading for his servant, the Canaanite woman's great faith impressed Jesus and her daughter was healed. Jesus said hers was a great faith. Now, several times he'd called the faith of the disciples weak. Well, remember back in Matthew 8 when they had to wake Jesus up there in the middle of a storm. They said, wake up, don't you care? And he calmed the storm. But then he asked, why are you afraid, you people of weak faith? And in the 14th chapter of Matthew, we talked about the other week. Remember when Peter saw that strong wind? He was walking along fine on the water, but he saw the wind and got more, he got more fearful than faithful and started to sink. And Jesus reached out and grabbed him. But he said to him, you man, you men of weak faith. Why did you begin to have doubt? And later, later on, the disciples wondered. They had problems trying to cast out a demon themselves, and why can't we do it? And Jesus said, because you have little faith. I assure you that if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, a little bitty mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, go from here to there, and it will go. If you had that much faith, there would be nothing you couldn't do. But this Canaanite woman, this mother, desperately pleading for her sick child, this woman undeterred by Jesus, not even responding at first, this irritating, shouting, noisy woman, the disciples wanted to run off. This woman Jesus had referred to as a dog. Jesus said that she has great 
faith. Now, as you heard the story, you may have been thinking, what a good parent she is. What a good advocate for her sick child. I'm sure that I would stand up for my child like that. But would Jesus commend your faith, my faith, as great as he did for this Canaanite woman? Well, as Herbert Miller knows, early on Friday mornings, I like to get up in the morning and watch a TV show called NC Spin, a program in which events in our state are discussed, usually with civility, by knowledgeable, usually knowledgeable people. And then a little later on Friday mornings, I like to tune in to WUNC 91.5 where the week's national news events are discussed with civility by polite people who speak one person at a time. Don't you hate it on these shows where they talk over each other? Well, at the end of last Friday's program, Jonathan, uh, Joshua Johnson, who's the current host of the show, he asked listeners to call in with comments about whether the Charlottesville tragedy and the marching controversies and the statue business, all that stuff, well, they got mentioned in church and how those issues were handled. So let me tell you a little story about Nazis and the church. Dr. Heinrich Kramer was a Dutch missionary most of his life to Indonesia, but just before the outbreak of World War II, he was in Holland, which was then dominated by the Gestapo. Dutch Jews were being sent off to concentration camps like Buchenwald and Dachau. Folks in the church that Kramer was serving came to him and asked their pastor what they should, what should we do? They begged for his advice, please, please. They said, we have to do something and we have to do it now. Well, Dr. Kramer responded that he would not tell them what to do. He said, I will tell you who you are. And if you know who you are, you will know what to do. Then he read these verses from 1 Peter. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation of people who are God's own possession. You have become this people so that you may speak of the wonderful acts of the one who called you out of darkness into his amazing light. Once you weren't a people, but now you are God's people. Once you hadn't received mercy, but now, now you have received mercy. Well, Dr. Kramer closed his Bible and said, do you know who you are? Then you'll know what to do. And that night, those people started what became the Dutch resistance to the Nazis. So let me ask you, do you know who you are? Do you know whose you are? Then you'll know what to do. Thanks be to God. As you go out this week, there are times that your faith is going to get tested. Nevertheless, you persist. There are times that people are going to challenge you or that, that you're going to want to fuss at people or be ugly or angry with people. Nevertheless, that resistance persists. 
So by the power of the Holy Spirit, go forth to serve your neighbor and to love people, even people you don't like, and to live in witness to God's mercy. Now the blessing of God, source of life, power of life, redeemer of life, be with you now and always. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.